I want you to get your Bibles open to Galatians 5 while we're worshiping the Lord in our giving this morning. Uh, we've been in this series that I hope you have been enjoying, but not just enjoying it, but I hope you're practicing it. How many of you know there's nothing more important than learning how to be a carrier of the presence of God in your life on a regular basis? Can anybody think of a, of a, of a skill that would be more valuable than that? I can't think of one. So have any of you been practicing? I wish I could pass a mic around, but we're not going to have time to do that this morning. But are you practicing? Are you, you wake up in the morning and you realize, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come fill my life, flood my life. I want to hear your voice throughout the day. I want to honor you. I want to live a Holy Spirit-pleasing life. Anybody with me on that? You can wave at me. That's okay. You can wave at me. We're working. We're working on it has anybody mastered it yet because if you have I want you to preach this morning because I want to learn from you I haven't mastered it yet either but but we're being intentional about it I want to really drive this point home what greater privilege do we have than that and what greater priority in terms of living a life that pleases God and that is a life of great fruitfulness I can't think of anything more important and I can't think of anything more important than the message for the local church because when the presence of God is in your midst, that's when stuff gets to be really fun and when God does really awesome, crazy God stuff. And how many of you know the church moves forward and we win? How many of you like to win? Okay, good. Three of you like to win. All right, that's good. Loser! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we like to win. Everybody likes Joe. You like to win. I see a smile on your face. Joe likes to win. I like to win. How many of you know the church should be winning? And when Jesus is in the midst of his church, the church is winning. Everywhere we go, we win. And, uh, and I don't know about you, I want to win. I, I, I want to see a move of God. I want to be a part of a move of God. And, uh, and I want to learn how to make sure the Holy Spirit's welcome in me and welcome in you. And so we talked about, this was kind of our theme verse from last week, uh, Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If or since we live by the Spirit, he's making a statement here, since we are Spirit-filled believers, let's make sure we stay in step with the Spirit. Now, very quickly by way of review, there's really about four major points we hit on last week. How many of you know if our goal is to stay in step with the Spirit, that means he's the one leading our lives? This is a massive shift for all of us because most of us get up and we have our to-do list and we're, head we're heading off to, to, to do it, Right. But this is a radical shift because it's saying you should not primarily be about your agenda asking God to bless it, but we should be about his agenda asking God to help us stay up with him. So he's the leader. Everybody say he's the leader. How many of you know if we're trying to stay up with him, it means he's moving somewhere? And I, I tried to encourage us, let's get out of the Holy Spirit as the child care director where his job is to just help us be nice people and keep us from hurting each other, all right? How you know the Holy Spirit's job is bigger than that? Now, yeah, I want you to be nice people, and I don't want you to hurt each other. But that's very, like, down here goals. The goal is for the Holy Spirit to move through us to impact a world that's waiting to hear about the good news of Jesus. So how many of you know he's on mission? Like, he's going somewhere now, and my job is to stay up with him not to ask him just to hang out with me, but to move with him. And how about this, to assume that he's moving in your life and wants to move in your life now. You know, I have a very good friend. He's a businessman. He's very prophetic. But he got in the habit, whenever he would come into a room, he would ask this simple question, Holy Spirit, what is it that you would like to do in this room now? It's kind of a dangerous question, isn't it? It's assuming that the Holy Spirit is present. It's assuming that the Holy Spirit is a person who wants to touch people and encourage people. And it's assuming that he's leading and moving. And this man's focus was, I know you want to do something here. I'm available. 
I'm available to partner with you. How many know that's radically different than just being about your business and and, uh, completely ignoring the presence of God in your life? But these things have to be learned, do they not? You have to learn this. And so our focus has been on a couple of things. Number one, not grieving the Holy Spirit so that when the Holy Spirit comes to, to hang out with us, he doesn't find the atmosphere toxic. The last couple of weeks, I've been challenging us as the church, let's not be the carnal, woke, backwards, uh, compromised American church that is so much the norm nowadays. I highlighted some of the epic fails that are in the national news right now. I even challenged us with a lot of carnal behavior, not even behavior that necessarily is sinful, but it's behavior that will dull your uh, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. How many of you know while everything is permissible, everything is not beneficial? I also challenged you that the problem in our lives with sin is not because we have too strong of desires, but because our desires are too weak. This is a stunning thought. This will change your life. So if you're tempted to go after the poo-poo platter, which we talked about last Sunday, if you missed that message, by the way, it was epic. You need to listen to it, all right? Pulling out scenes from the bug's life. I mean, it was absolutely special, all right? And it was the Holy Spirit. It was not in my notes. I'm blaming him for the whole thing. But anyway, the point was this. If you're drawn to things that are sinful, to bring you pleasure, it's not because the desire in your heart is too strong, it's because your desire for joy and happiness is too weak, and so you're constantly satisfied with counterfeits. So, so don't beat yourself, oh man, my desires are so strong, I went back to whatever this sin is. No, ask the Lord to give you a passion for real pleasure and maximum joy in, that, that the gospel promises. And so get the toxic stuff out of your heart. This team's getting ready to go to a place that's named after mosquitoes. How many of you know they might be in for some challenges? It's up in the mountains. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff going on, but it's a good challenge. And I think of that, you guys remember that commercial a while back with the hot sauce, the guy's eating the hot sauce and the mosquito bites him, fills up with blood and flies away and explodes. And then I saw some Christian memes that came out and said, I want to be so full of the blood of Jesus that when a demonic mosquito bites me, It's kind of a cool image. All right, that's what I'm praying happens to all the demonic forces in that area, all right? Those blood-sucking mosquitoes, boom, they're all gone, all right? But anyway, here's the point. When you go to a different culture, you experience something called culture shock. Have anybody ever traveled outside the U.S.? It's kind of that phrase, you go, hey, Dorothy, this ain't Kansas, all right? This is, I've never been here before. I remember taking a group of teenagers to some foreign country, and we went to a fast food place, and one of the kids came up to me and said, Pastor Ron, do you know if they have free refills here? (laughs) I said, I've never been here in my life. I have no idea if they have free refills. This ain't America. They probably don't. This This ain't America. My point is this. When the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, does he experience culture shock? That is a good question. Because how many of you know the Holy Spirit's used to a certain culture and atmosphere? It's called heaven. It's called holiness. And when he comes to live inside of us, does he go, oh my gosh, what is going on in here? This is disgusting. I am out of here. Or does he go, I find you irresistibly attractive. How many of you like with the Holy Spirit would find you irresistibly attractive and want to spend time with you and be with you? That's what I want. I, I want to be attractive to the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be proactive. In fact, this, this message represents a little bit of a shift because I'm not talking about the junk to get out of our lives. I'm talking about proactively cultivating an environment that is attractional to the Holy Spirit and to the presence of God. 
Anybody interested in this message this morning? In fact, it's called Ministering to the Lord. Now, let's take a look at an interesting passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 13. Go ahead and turn there. It will be on the screen as well. But go ahead and get in your Bibles, flip them open, uh, and, and read with me. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there, was a, there were certain prophets and teachers, and he mentions about five or six of them there. But here's what I want you to focus on. Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord, and they fasted, the Holy Spirit said, that means the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, began to talk and speak. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they were sent away. Now, this is interesting because there's that phrase, ministering to the Lord. What does it mean they were ministering to the Lord? And look what happened as they were doing this and in an atmosphere of fasting. Now, I mean, you know, fasting just simply puts a curb on your natural appetite so that your hunger for God increases. Any, any of you in this room ever fasted for a season? You find that your spiritual radar goes up, your, your hearing goes up, your awareness of the presence of God goes up. So fasting and ministering to the Lord is a powerful, uh, attractive environment for the Holy Spirit to come. And notice the Holy Spirit came and began speaking about the church and leadership. And he said, set aside these two guys, lay your hands on them, send them out. And here's what I want you to see. Because they knew how to minister to the Lord... This launched a massive missions expedition, all right, that touched thousands of people and planted churches all over. It began as they were ministering to the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit spoke. Now, this, again, is, is strange to some of us New Testament believers, American believers, that God talks to us, that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. He's a person that we can know that has a, an opinion. In fact, his opinion is the most important opinion because he's God. That he says things, he gives direction, and he calls people into ministry, and it's supernatural. And I mean, you know, we should be more familiar with this type of activity than we are. Can you all agree? We should be more familiar with this. But maybe it's because we're not creating a Holy Spirit-rich environment. In other words, what does it mean to minister to the Holy or to, to the Lord or to the Holy Spirit? Now, if I told you, hey, we're going to have ministry time at the end, and if you have a need, come forward, and we do that, by the way, every service, you'd be going, man, you know, maybe Brian's going, I need prayer. Man, it's been a rough week. I need prayer. He's stressed out. He's doing whatever. So Brian would come up, and people would gather around him, and we would pray, and we would encourage him, and we would minister to him. Let me ask you a, a theological question. How do you minister to the Lord when he has no needs? It's like imagine the Lord coming up to the altar. Pastor Ron, can you pray for me? I have had a, I have had a bad week. Oh, my. I lost my temper with Peter and James. And, oh, it was terrible. And, I, you know, I cussed them out. And, oh, man. And, no, that Lord would never, he doesn't have any needs. He's not like us. How do we minister to the Lord? What does that look like? How do, you, how do you minister to a God who doesn't have any needs? He's perfect in all of his ways. He doesn't have any needs. So let's look, let's look into that. If our main priority is to minister to the Lord, the reason it's important is because out of that encounter with God comes an overflow. 
And it's not just about the Holy Spirit sealing you because you prayed a prayer and you invited Christ into your life and you're born again. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about living in an overflow realm where you are useful to the kingdom of God. Everybody with me? Where you're impacting other people, where you're not just coming to church, but you're being the church. And so when you make your priority to minister to the Lord, and then out of that encounter, there's an overflow, then that's what equips us to touch other people. Now, this is important. How many of you have figured out that Sunday morning only does not get you through the week, nor was it intended to get you through the week? This is a corporate gathering, but it never replaces my personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he wants to know me, and he wants to know you. Not us, you. When he knows you, and 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 then we all come together, then he expresses himself to us. But he wants to know each one of us. And so there's a personal ministry to the Lord, and then there is a corporate ministry to the Lord. Now, if I asked you, what were we just doing? I would tell you this. We were just spending time ministering to the Lord. Well, I thought we were doing singing and worshiping and testimony. Yeah, that's exactly what we were doing. We were, we were magnifying the Lord, and the Bible says that when we praise Him and we magnify His name and His greatness, we minister to Him. Now, now, we'll talk about how that actually works in the next verse, but I just want you to see this is really important. This is why David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his mind, his will, his emotions. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. All of his benefits, all right? Actually, that's another verse, but he says, all that is within me, everything I have, bless his holy name. How I many you know that's fully, fully surrendered, fully released, fully focused on the Lord, releasing blessing to God? This is kind of the idea of what it means to minister to him. So take a look. This, this verse is what I call the Trinity of Ministry. It is a wonderful passage that captures what I call three Holy Spirit attracting behaviors, all right? In other words, the Holy Spirit loves people that are moving in these three areas of their life. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful, verse 16. Always be joyful. Never stop praying, verse 17. I mean, you know, these are great Bible verses to remember. Everybody could put this on a card and remember three words, even you Bible memory challenge people. This is some good places to start. Always be joyful. There's my memory verse for the day, all right? Always be joyful. Always be. You could do it. Every one of you could do it. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And look at verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Have any of you ever found that being joyful Praying, living in a spirit of prayer, and being thankful in all circumstances, challenging at times. Okay, good. Now I'm talking to the right people. Impossible at times. Because when stuff hits the fan, the last thing you want to do is, hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! I'm rejoicing, and I'm living in a spirit of prayer, so I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to trust the Lord, and I'm going to move forward boldly in faith. How many of you know every one of these activities will require faith? When life's not going well and stuff's happening, you're not being fake when you, when you choose to live in joy. What you're doing is you're choosing to operate in the realm of faith. When you give thanks, and when things are not going well and there's painful situations in your life, but you continue to thank God for his blessings, how many of you know you're demonstrating faith? And can I just tell you something? The Holy Spirit finds faith irresistible because it's so counterintuitive. Now listen, you can live in the realm of 
depression, discouragement, fear. It's easy to murmur when things aren't going well. You can, you can be cursing God. You can be, you can be frustrated. You can be angry. And, and let me just tell you what will happen. The Holy Spirit will be nowhere around you because you're toxic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or you can choose to release your praise to the Lord. You can choose to tell God how, how crazy you are about him. You can choose to go straight to him instead of freaking out about the situation. You can choose to be thankful, even when it doesn't, the circumstances would not necessarily warrant thankfulness. And how do you get the Holy Spirit's attention in your life? You move in faith instead of moving in fear. You move, you move in the love of God, the joy of God, instead of living in anger and bitterness. Can, can I say some of you... If you're saying, I want more of your presence in my life, Lord, and you're still all bound up by unforgiveness, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get, the Holy Spirit will not hang out with you while you continue living in unforgiveness. I just want the Holy Spirit in my life, but you're freaking out about everything in the newspaper. You're freaking out about gasoline prices. I don't like the gas prices either, but I'm not going to let the gasoline price dictate my level of joy. Or then, the, or then the gasoline prices are bigger than God. And they're not. So here's my point. I'm not going to offend him with my talk. Because if I grieve him with my talk, he'll find that my environment is too toxic for his taste. But if I praise him and we choose to live in joy and I communicate with him, I, he, he finds me irresistibly attractive. And he says, I like that guy. I want to go hang out with that guy. I want to go get to know him better. Yeah, this is pretty simple. Does it, does it make sense? So let's take a look. It says here, secondly, this is important, joyful, praying, thanksgiving. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ. How many of you think it's important to know the will of God for your life? God, show me your will for my life. Well, how many of you think it's the Holy Spirit who leads you into the will of God for your life? I want to say to every young person in this room, you're, you're wondering about all the future and, and how is this all going to work. And maybe some of you are wondering about a spouse or whatever. L listen, what you need is to, instead of, of looking irresistibly attractive to the opposite sex, you should try to be irresistibly attractive to the Holy Spirit and then he will lead you into, into your destiny, his destiny for your life. But you're spending more time trying to be a hot babe. That wasn't in the notes either. I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit or not, but you're, you're, trying, you're, trying to, you're trying to be attractive to, instead of being attractive to God. And if you'll be attractive to God, he's big enough to order your steps and to lead you because this is the will of God for your life. How many of you know the place where we agree with the will of God? So God, you said to be joyful. I am going to cultivate a spirit of joy in my life. You are now living in the will of God, and in the place of agreement is the place of power. When my will comes in agreement with God's will, and we agree, God's presence confirms the agreement, and God acts on his word. How many of you know agreement's huge? When I'm in disagreement with the Holy Spirit, nothing good is going to happen. So I told you on Sunday morning, our focus is not on people who don't know God here on Sunday morning. Pastor, I thought we, were, we gathered together for, to save the world. No, 
The Holy Spirit saves the world. We gather together to minister to the Lord. He's the focus. He's why we're here. He's the one we want to please. He's the one we want to show up. Because when we have an encounter with the living God, you can't help but overflow on everybody you run into out there. That's where the activity happens in terms of the Great Commission. Not in church primarily, although people get saved at church. Does this make sense? It's a shift. Your focus is on the Lord. Loving him, enjoying him. He is your focus. And when you come into agreement with the will of God, that's where the power and presence of God is released in your life. That's when you become dangerous. So I want you to see yourself. It's like we're coming here on Sunday morning. What are we here for corporately? We're here to have laser focus on the person of the Holy Spirit. And we want him to know we welcome you, we love you, we embrace you, we want to know you, we want to have a relationship with you. We want you to fill us to overflowing so when you leave those doors, you're like dangerous to the devil. Amen? You're dangerous to the devil. Now let's take a look at how this works. How do we minister to the Lord specifically? Let's talk a little bit about a lifestyle of joy. When we're talking about a lifestyle of joy, we're talking about treasuring the Lord, treasuring Him. It's an expression of our satisfaction in God, our delight in God, our enjoyment of God. Now, this is so good. It says in Psalm 89, verse 15, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. This is so good. How many of you know we have a joyful call that goes out on Sunday morning to worship? And can I just tell you something? A non-joyful worshiper is not a worshiper at all. It doesn't mean at times we're not going through stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about hardships. I'm talking about worship is always something that we freely give out of enjoyment of God. In fact, let me ask you this question. What is it that you bring to the Lord when he doesn't have any needs? Well, one thing is you bring your enjoyment of him. If I was the richest man in the world and you guys couldn't bring me any gifts for my birthday... But you showed up at the party, and one by one you came up to me and said, love you, Pastor, so grateful for your friendship, and your face communicated joy, I would be a rich man, even though you didn't give me one thing, but you gave me joy. When someone comes to your house, out-of-town guest, you open the door, and you go, oh, hey, it's you. Can you come in for a little while? How many of you know your lack of joy says more than the fact that you swept your carpet? In fact, they really don't care that you swept your carpet. If the first question out of your mouth is, so how long are you going to stay? <laughs> then they're probably looking to go somewhere else. Like they want to they wanna go to Walgreens and walk the aisles, or they want to go to Menards with Ashley and, and her dad. But how many of you know when you open the door... You know, Ryan and Becky were back in town this week. We, when we saw them, we jumped up, we embraced, we had dinner together. I hope you knew from the effervescent joy from my spirit, my brother, that how much we love you guys. Because listen, joy can't be faked. So check this out. What, how do we invite the Holy Spirit to church on Sunday morning? Greg gets up to his church. You guys ready to worship? Yeah! What did he say? How long is this service anyway? 
Have you ever heard people say that? I had people tell me, we, we can't handle living stones. This was back in the old days. The services are too long. <laughs> Imagine if you're God. Um, Lord, uh, yeah, they sing three songs at that church instead of one. Lord, we really love you. Hallelujah. You stand there like a, you know, zombie. There's no passion coming out of your heart. Check off the box, head out the door. Let me ask you this question. Did the Holy Spirit feel like he was hosted well? And does he want to come back next week? These are really good questions, by the way. Because how many of you know you have to help me roll out the carpet? So listen, if there's one thing you're after in worship, please hear me. It's not external form. It's joy. And it doesn't mean you haven't had a rough week and you're struggling. It means you choose to focus on a person greater than your problems. And listen, when you're here on the worst day of your life, and joy's coming off of your heart because the words that you're singing are as true whether you had a good week or a bad week. And God has not changed one iota, and his love for you is crazy awesome off the charts. And you're choosing to get your eyes off of the mud and to get your eyes on the king of glory. This is what happens. The Holy Spirit says, man, I find that guy incredibly, irresistibly attractive. I'm not talking about some romantic way. I'm talking about God goes, wow, the faith in that man's heart I find irresistible. And so what does God bless us with? The greatest gift ever, himself. He blesses us with himself. Can I just tell you this? Joy is not the icing on the cake. You've heard me say this. Joy is the cake. What separates us apart from people that don't know God is joy that comes off of our spirits. It's joy. Jesus said, ask of me, and I, he was going to fill us with joy to the fullest. How many of you know joy is really critical? Because joy, when somebody does something for you and you're overcome with joy, joy is the greatest compliment you could ever muster. Because joy says, I delight in you. I'm so blessed by you. This was amazing. I love you. I love being with you. So how many think we could work on rejoicing in all things because this is God's will for us and that if we'll be joy-filled people, no matter what's going on around us, God will bless us with his presence. Of course, the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 9, verse 2. I will be filled with joy because of you, God Almighty, because of you, because of your person, who you are. And then I'm going to sing praises to your name, O Most High. So can you check this out? We come to church on Sunday, and we say, God, I am filled with joy because of you, and now as a natural result, I'm going to lift my voice, and I'm going to release the passion in my heart. Worship is releasing affection from your heart to the Lord. Have any of you ever been in love in this room before? I used to, back, you remember the old days with the rotary phones? Anybody remember that? Some of you kids are going, what is that? And there was a cord. It was like a chain. You could, you could only get so far away from your parents when, when you're talking to your girlfriend. You had to hope for a really long cord, and they could still hear you in the other room. I remember when I get to call Mary, and my dad had a time limit because it costs money, people. Long distance costs money. <laughs> remember those days? Big money. But my love was too big for the budget. <laughs> and sometimes we call, hey, oh. 
How are you? Awesome. Miss you. Miss you. My dad's like, all right, there's 15 bucks. Can you guys move on a little bit? <laughs> because, I mean, a joy is a natural expression of love. And I'll tell you this. When you, something good happens in your life, how I many of you have found it hard to keep it to yourself? Because you're so excited. I proposed to my wife early in the morning. She was so excited, she went to her, this is our thing, we had the cell phone in the dorm, not the cell phone, it was the old phone hanging on the wall. One phone per floor. You put a quarter in it, and you dialed the thing again. Some of you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. She calls her mom at like three in the morning. Her mom's like, are you okay? Something happened. She was calling because, she, now work with me, people. She was overwhelmed with the joy that moi was coming into her life. <laughs> and she could not sleep, and she did not even recognize what time it was. So she called her mom at three in the morning because she had to tell mom. Now, Mom, you're watching this right now. I still love you. I hope I still have your badge of approval. She's watching from home. My point is this. Worship is so natural for God's people because all we're doing is releasing joy out of the relationship that we have for God. This is making, but you have to work at it, do you not? We have to work at it. We don't do this by nature. All right, let me move on. How about a lifestyle of prayer, which really involves trusting Him? Look with me in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Not a good day. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Picture these guys, stripped naked, beaten to a pulp, sitting in a nasty prison cell with stocks on their ankles. You know that they're in agony. And look at what they're doing in the next verse. Talk about counterintuitive. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and the floor, or the doors rather, immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner in that place fell off. Now let me ask you, why did that happen? Let me ask you this one. Was joy and prayer and thanksgiving natural under those circumstances? No, completely weird. Completely, you look like you're from another planet, which they were. They were operating in the kingdom of heaven. But they were singing and praying and giving thanks to God. And here's my point. What attracted the presence of God? It was the beauty of what's coming off of their spirits because they're not acting like everybody else. And the Holy Spirit goes, whoa, listening to those prayers, I'm showing up, boom, explosive things happen. How do you know when the presence of God shows up in a place, the devil flees a thousand directions? Chains on people's lives begin to fall off. We're seeing this on a regular basis as folks come to church during the worship time. What's happening? Some people don't know the Lord, but in the presence of God, they begin to weep. They begin to have junk fall off of their lives. They begin to have their heart awakened to the reality of the presence of God. And anything can happen when God's there, including busting chains wide open. How many of you believe that? But I want you to see it doesn't happen by accident or chance. God's not capricious. Ah, maybe I'll answer the prayer. There was an atmosphere created through prayer and through worship that invited the presence of God. Can I ask you a question? When, when you're hitting a difficult season in your life, what is your default? 
What comes out of you? Is it prayer? Is it joy? Is it thanking God for his faithfulness? Or is it fear and worry and cursing and anxiety and Xanax? Or what's coming out of you? What's coming out of you? Is it behavior that attracts the presence of God or repels the presence of God? I, you know, I'm asking you guys some really important questions. And, and I'm asking you questions that will literally change the trajectory of your life. Y'all looking at me. Not sure how to read you this morning. This will change the trajectory of your life. But I mean, you know, this doesn't happen by osmosis. Nobody will start giving thanks in a difficult season for you. God's wanting you to open your mouth. In your home, when you're facing a challenge in your home, is everybody full of strife and anger and yelling and freaking out? Or do you, Dad, do you pull the family together and say, let's give glory to God. And let's thank him for what he is getting ready to do. In fact, let's just lift our voices right now and pray. Lord, we just thank you in the midst of the storm. You're bigger. Lord, you're awesome. God, thank you for your kindness. You were kind last year, the year before, the year before, last week, yesterday. God, thank you. Your kindness towards us has not changed. And devil, by the way, thank you for the opposition because we know there's great breakthrough on the other side. And you're actually helping me be more like Jesus. And devil, I want you to know, you're actually creating in me a hunger for the presence of God in my life. So just keep it up because I'm going to keep pressing in harder. This is so fun. Where are you going, Pastor, you're nuts. No, I'm not nuts. I'm just trying to create an environment where the Holy Spirit really likes me. I want, I'm going to be a Holy Spirit hog. I'm going to try to beat you all. I'm, I'm going to try to host him better than any of you all. So you're going, is this guy serious this morning? Partially, all right? But I want you to, ch- to run with me. I want you to get more as well. Let's look at the last one. A lifestyle of giving thanks. How many of you know the truest sign of humility in a person's life is their ability to thank other people and be grateful to other people? There are no people, uh, self-made you know, men or women. We always have somebody that's poured into our lives, and humble people are always aware of that. So humility, thanking God, it honors him, it recognizes his goodness and his kindness. And I want you to see this. The Bible says it's the goodness or the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Why does it work that way? Why is it not the judgment or the harshness of God that leads people to repentance? Because kindness is an invitation by God to experience more of his goodness. Can I just share with you, when we love people that are broken instead of judging people, when we love them, and we try to heal them, and we're kind to them, they come back for more. When we hate them, and we point our finger at them, and we're angry with them, and we can't believe that they're such sinners, it causes them to run. But how many of you know nobody runs from kindness and goodness? Why does God reveal his goodness and kindness to us? Because he's all about relationship, and he wants us to pursue him. He wants more. That's why he's good and he's kind. That's why we thank him for his goodness and kindness because he's trying to give us more of himself. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 30. This is not on the screen, but listen. David says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, and you have taken away my clothes of mourning, and you've clothed me with joy. Can you imagine being clothed with joy from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, clothed in joy? Why did God take away our mourning and replace it with joy? Here's why, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. 
Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Do you see how it all works together there? God takes our mourning, our brokenness. He fills us with his presence. There's joy that comes from his presence. The joy causes us to give thanks. When we give thanks, we start moving in the realm of victory and breakthrough in our lives. Thankfulness acknowledges the truth about who God is. And I want to tell you this. When you agree with the truth, the truth, the Bible says, will set you free. What's the secret to living in freedom? Getting the sin out of our lives. Getting the bondage out of our life. Agree with truth. The truth will set you free. Agree with what God says. Look at Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. What an amazing set of truth about God and about His intentions towards us. For the Lord your God is living among you. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's just pause right there. How I many you know when you're in the midst of crises and you wonder where God is, how I many you know you, know, you got to know the promises of God because God told us where He was. The Lord your God is living right among you. So where is He? He's right here. When He feels a million miles away. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. Can we just pause right there? Somebody needs this this morning. When God looks at you here this morning, offering worship to him, what's going on in his heart? He looks at you with gladness, which means he's smiling, which means he loves you, which means he's for you, which means, ready for this? You bring him joy. It's like God threw the party this morning. He opened the front door, and he's not standing there going, oh, it's you again? Or go home and clean yourself up a little better. Or, oh, looks like you've had a bad week. He's doing this. I'm so excited. You guys are here. How many of you think that might woo us into a joyful expression from our own heart back to the Lord? It says, with his love, he's going to calm all your fears. How many of you know the good thing about a a wonderful father is fathers have a great way of saying this. It's going to be all right. Sometimes when you come to church, you're feeling overwhelmed. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's speaking. It'll probably be something like this. It's going to be all right. I got your back. It's going to be all right. It's not going to go the way the devil's telling you. I got, I got this. I'm in control. With his love, he will calm you or calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. So what's happening while we're singing joyful songs to the Lord? Is he sitting unmoved somewhere on a throne? The Bible says he's singing joyful songs right back over us. Songs of joy over you. Did you hear the voice of the Lord singing over you this morning? He was. Did you feel him calming your fears? He was. Do you wonder where he is? He's the Lord our God in the midst of us, mighty to save. That's the truth. And we've got to begin believing it. Let me wrap it up here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. The Bible says, when they began to sing and to praise. When they began to sing and to praise. Talking about Israel. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now, this is incredible. What we need in life more than anything else or anyone else, we need the person of the Holy Spirit intimately involved in our lives. Because when God's presence is here, He takes care of all the minor details. God's people are surrounded by their enemies. What are they going to do? They start singing. I mean, you know, that's a crazy weapon. They start singing and they start worshiping. Imagine if you're surrounding God's people and you hear joy and celebration and singing when you're out to kill them. 
That would cause you to be confused. You got your sword all drawn and you're like, what is the matter with those people? What is going on? They're worshiping the Lord. They're aware of a reality greater than their enemies surrounding them. And while they worship, the Bible said God began setting ambushes for the enemy. And I want you to notice this. The enemy had come against Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. What does the name Judah mean? It means praise. So if I told you guys, you know, if you're going to become part of Living Sons, you need to know about who we are here. What's our tribe? How do we conduct ourselves? Jesus wants to be part of this tribe. He's the lion of the tribe of praise. What attracts the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit? What attracts the presence of Jesus to a place? They're radical praisers. When we praise, the lion shows up. When the lion shows up, he roars. When he roars, the enemy is scattered a thousand different directions. So who do we want to show up on Sunday? I want the lion of Judah in the house. What attracts the lion? If you want to attract lions to church on Sunday, how do you attract lions? You praise. And then Jesus goes, wait, that's my tribe. I recognize that sound. I'm going to have all the places the Lord could hang out or his presence could hang out. He's attracted to people who are magnifying him, rejoicing in him, talking to him, praying, and thanking him for all that he's doing. Some of you need healing in your body. Let me give you a suggestion. Don't get discouraged. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't start thinking, I'm dying. This is the end. Stop it. Give him praise. Thank him for who he is. Rejoice that strength is coming into your body. Rejoice that God is moving in your life. Focus on the greatness of God and let joy come off of your heart. Or you can go, oh man, get negative, hang out with negative people. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you're not saved. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about intimacy. 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 Do you want the lion in your life? Start the praise. And we're not praising him for something. We're praising him for who he is. We just want to say we love you, we value you, we treasure you, we delight in you. You're bigger than anything I face. And the smile on your face lets God know you mean it and lets the devil know he's in trouble. Because joy is a weapon. Thanksgiving is a weapon. Let's start wielding the weapon, all right? I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And I just believe, I want our, our team to come up, all the folks that are love on folks, pray for folks. I just believe, again, we, did, we sang a new song today called Breakthrough. Great song. Declaring our victory. Seas splitting. God moving. Uh, but some of you right now this morning, you just need to recognize, I need the Lord's presence in me. He'll take care of the details. So if we can pray with you about anything there. If you don't know Christ this morning, I just gave you the secret to the most incredible eternity, not only life now, but eternity. It's found in a person named Jesus. We want to pray with you and lead you to Christ. So Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. And Lord, may, may you keep stirring up in our hearts a desire to know you, to love you, to experience you more and more. Holy Spirit, we keep inviting you to come and help us as we leave here now that, that what you've deposited in us will spill out of us, Lord, to a, 
a lost world that's looking for answers and looking for truth. God, we just pray you continue to multiply us. You continue to, to flex your righteous right arm, Lord, on behalf of your church. We pray for a great, great move of God across the nations of the world. We pray for our team right now overseas. Lord, bless Honduras. And let this week be an incredible week of encouragement and harvest. Lord, let your presence be so strong there and overwhelm them with your glory, Lord. So, Father, thank you for each person here today. May they know how much they're loved, how much they're valued, how much you love them, how much we love them. And, Lord, just I pray breakthrough and victory over every person that needs it this morning. We love you. We honor you. We choose to walk in your will this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise on our way out.